You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Hello, everybody. I am excited. We are excited today at this time. I want you to know that there are a lot of things that you could be doing. You could be spending time, you know, in your car. You could be working on projects. You could be spending time with your family doing lots of things. But we are grateful that you decided to spend time with us. And one thing we can assure you is that your time with us will be well worth it. But before we get started with our conversation on today, which I'm so excited about, I've been waiting for it all week long, I would like for you to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your family and friends for new episodes and contents that will be coming out. But when we come back, we will be talking to a gifted individual who has a unique way of relating to people. We'll be right back. Imagine yourself being pampered from head to toe. Surrendering to the aromas of sweet serenity. Welcome to Libby's Soaps and Candles. Your destination for comfort and relaxation begins here. Visit us at Libby'sSoapsAndCandles.com to learn more about our exotic products. Have you ever thought of yourself as a TV star? the host of your own television show, someone who delivers meaningful content to a global audience. Are you ready to amplify your life? JD3TV will greenlight your new show right now. And you don't need a Hollywood agent, you don't need a lot of money, and you can even be new to producing. When we greenlight your show, we will provide you with all the tools you need to produce it quickly and easily. And then you will have a series on one of the newest, most exciting streaming platforms in the world. Sign up for JD3TV today. Become a part of our global community and we will greenlight your show. Welcome back. For those of you just joining us, you know, teaching has a big impact on the world. Teachers inspire us. They motivate us to live a better life and to make positive changes in our life. Um, one of my favorite new television shows is Abbott Elementary, which is about a group of dedicated teachers who are passionate, very passionate, despite the odds that are stacked against them. They are determined to be able to help their students succeed in life. My guest today is a teacher in the Chicago area and her sense of humor <laughs> in and out of the classroom uh, will put a smile on your face with her life experiences. Uh, She's been in the educational industry for a number of years and she impacts youth in the community and in her church. She embodies perseverance and hard work and she equips her students with knowledge to create a better life. It is an honor, it's a great privilege to introduce a teacher who is a living inspiration, Miss Stephanie Williams and the class goes, Welcome, Stephanie, to the show. Oh my, there must be somebody else who's coming on her podcast. Who is she introducing right now? This is 
I sound great. Thank you so it's, much. It's, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I kind of compare you to the Abbott Elementary main um, host, main star on Abbott Elementary. I love that show. And yeah. um, when I think of that show, I think of you. I watch it all the time. You have such a humor. You have a way of drawing people in. And I can imagine being a student in your classroom with the different antics and the different things that you bring about. I mean, you know, you come loaded every day to the classroom. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Yeah, well, Stephanie, correct. what what does what decided you what made you decide to go into the teaching industry? So what's crazy is I didn't even want to be a teacher. I remember when I was in school, when I was in college, I wanted to do speech pathology. Like I was really set on like, I'm going to do speech pathology. And I took my first anatomy class and I said, you know what? Maybe this is not the avenue that I need to be going into because it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, I, whew. Having flashbacks right now, think about that science class, but it was so difficult. And I just remember thinking, like, there's no way that this is supposed to be my life, this difficulty that I'm experiencing. I had a professor say, Well, you know, I always thought of you as like a reading person. Like, you seem to love reading, you seem to love English. And I thought, you know, this is true. Like, I used to sneak, in, sorry, mom, if you're looking, but I used to sneak and read Harry Potter books all the time. You know, you couldn't read Harry Potter books. The, the church people were not with that. So I, <laughs> I used to sneak and read them. And my mom, I, I remember that my professor said, you know, that's something that you should look into, like read it. I got into English literature from there. And then I started to work at the writing center. And as I was working there, I was working with people on helping and fixing their writing. And I really enjoyed it. And I okay. thought, is this what teaching is? Is it helping people? <laughs> because if it's helping people, then it seems like something that's in my wheelhouse. Absolutely. Um, from there, South Korea, uh, where I started teaching right after I left from college, I uh, taught Korea for a year and a half. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, it was like something that I never even thought about was a skill for me. I was fascinated with it. I was looking for different ways for the kids to learn and the kids could not speak English. So we were in there looking wow. at each other blinking for about a couple months. And then after that, we figured out a system and it worked. So there you are. It, and here you <laughs> are. <a> <laughs> well, you know, you know, you, you taught in different places as you were just mentioning, but I remember back in the day when I was younger in school and, you know, there was a story that we used to say, well, the dog ate my paper. You know, you had homework, you had to turn it, the dog ate it. Nowadays, that doesn't fly or at all because things are on computer and, and, and uh, different assignments have to be sent in, emailed in or whatever. How can teachers be fair and compassionate um, about late work? You know, it's due at a certain time, but yet still teach your students about deadlines. It's due when it's due. <laughs> So the new dog ate my homework is my Wi-Fi is not working. So oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. The new one is my Wi-Fi is not working. My computer crashed. That's the new <laughs> dog ate my homework. Um, I think that just from an equity standpoint, one is that we know that a lot of our students actually don't have access to technology and Wi-Fi at home. So just being mindful of that and providing them the resources to still get things done. I like to ask kids right away, like, hey, do you feel like this is something that you'll be able to do? Or I'll ask the students right then and there. I'll just be real with them, like, who's going to finish this? 
And a lot of them just look like, uh, and I said, okay, let's make time. And I make a deal with them tomorrow. The first thing we got to go over this because Ms. Williams does not want your drooled on, slept on hot Cheetos papers tomorrow. I want some fresh papers. And that way I think a lot of students are relieved to know that they're not going to have to scramble or figure something out. If I put something on the Google classroom, you know, or things like that. Mm, that's interesting. I love that. You know, not the dog ate my paper anymore, but my Wi-Fi doesn't work. Something happens. Okay. Not enough bandwidth. All of those excuses, right. which is a different time, the different time that we're in. Um, what are some of the other concerns that teachers have today? Because like the Wi-Fi is one type of thing, but there's certain assignments. But what are some of the other concerns that's on teachers' hearts? Because as I was mentioning in the show, Abbott Elementary, they have so many things that they're dealing with. They're juggling so many things. And I think a lot of people don't realize a lot of those situations and circumstances are really real situations and real things that can happen in a classroom. So what are some of the other things that teachers are dealing with today besides late homework, don't have the Wi-Fi, <laughs> Wi-Fi in? I think right now the biggest thing is, of course, these babies are fresh out the pandemic, fresh out the pizza puff fresh out the Panera Bread. Like they are really reassimilated to being these little humans with other little humans in their space. So the biggest concern that we have seen is just acclimating them back to being around other people. Mm. For example, today in my class, one of the boys, he was stretching and he did like this loud saber-toothed tiger, caveman-esque grunt as he was stretching. And in my mind, I was like, okay, but you're used to being on mute. You know what I mean? Like normally you would be on mute. So you can be like, like all those things. But I always tell them, I have a poster that says, you are not on mute. This is life. So you cannot. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's just really reacclimating them to the idea that you are back in a space with other human beings. Mm -hmm. So there's certain social norms that we have to now adhere to. You're not in your pajamas. You're not Mm -hmm. playing your switch secretly. Like, we're back in the classroom face to face. So we have right. to govern accordingly. Wow. That's interesting. That's something to think about because you got people with their animals, you know, coming in the room and people walking around and, and uh, it's not always the best environment because it's a distraction. Other kids are seeing things happening. So that's, that's really a different concern that we didn't have, you know, back in the day. I mean, you were in school for the day and you sat in your seat until it was time to go to the class, to go to another class or something like that. Um, you know, what has been a reward for you, would you say, by being in this industry? Because a lot of people accredit this teacher told me this and believed in me and pushed me through. Uh, what is one of the rewards that you would say you have by being in this industry, by teaching? Because in the show that I mentioned earlier, this teacher is so passionate about what she does and the experiences that she has with the teachers. It's like every day is a new experience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say, so in term, it was, um, cutting out a little bit. So I want to make sure that I heard your question. We have the most rewarding thing you're saying, like mm-hmm. something that's- a reward for you for being in this industry. Would you say the children being able to be change agents, being able to see the progression of a child going from, and not just academically, you know, like that of course, a rush for teachers. Seeing mm. a child not get an academic concept and then it's like the light bulb goes off in their head, the smile comes on their face and you're like, yes, you got it, you got it. Mm. For that, it mm-hmm. would be 
kind of that seeing them come into their own. Like I have students who they went from this very shy, meek individual to presentations up front and speaking out to their classmates. Mm -hmm. And that is just so rewarding to know that Mm -hmm. I created a safe space where you felt like you could come into your own, you could be your own person. Um, Cause I know that I probably got on my teacher's nerves. I'm sorry, teachers out there. Shout out to y'all for dealing with me. I'm paying for it now, if you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I remember I had teachers that just made me feel like me. And when mm-hmm. a student tells me that, like when they let you know, um, I have students now who are 20, 21, and they'll say like, hey, I still use this. Or wow. I remember in your class. Right. It's just, it's so beautiful to know that you were that first ripple that caused a change in the trajectory of where they were going. Wow. You know, what are some of the things that have kept you, um, I would say, some of the things that you've learned that has helped you to be sustainable in this industry? Because a lot of people quit. They're picketing on the line. The pandemic mm-hmm. happened. They said, I'm out. I'm going to move on to a whole different career. What has something, some things that you've learned that has helped you to be sustainable in this industry? First of all, my model that I've taken with me this entire time is y'all not going to stress me out, period. (laughs) Y'all as an admin, kids, parents, everybody, y'all not going to stress me out. I am going to remain emotionally constant. (laughs) I'm going to honor myself. I'm going to protect my peace always. So if that means setting a boundary for what time that I work, if that means, you know, having a conversation with the student to restore it's, mm. it's just not, we're not going to stress. It's not going to stress. Me. <laughs> so I think also having just prayer, number one, like mm. <laughs> prayer is a huge grounder and I am constantly praying for patience. Wow. Um, immensely blessed me with a high amount of patience. Cause that's one of the things people say, you're so patient to be a teacher. Mm. And I say, yes, I am. <laughs> mm. Because mm. God gave it to me. Do you know what I mean? And I think that has really led me. So Finding something that grounds you that's not in the classroom is super important because you can get sucked up. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like you can really get sucked up into your kids and the class and you'll lose yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, shout out to my brothers and sisters who are no longer teaching because they just had to find themselves again. And I totally get that. Yes. Yes. One thing about me, I really have stayed the course and this is me. You're going to get me every single day I walk in here. And that's honoring myself and God has blessed me to make it thus far. You know, it's interesting you said that because um, a lot of people that don't have faith, they're doing the best they can. And when they leave the system, they may have to go out and drinking and smoking and doing whatever they have to do to relieve that stress because these pandemic babies, we'll say it that way. Nowadays, they come in there saying they don't want to do that and they don't want to do that and they don't need to be here and they don't have to be here and they ain't going to come back tomorrow. And they're very mouthy, some of them, because they're not being trained um, yeah. they used to. There's there's an expression called the backhand slap, which I don't think is any around anymore. <laughs> but in the school days, they used, to, they used to take a ruler and hit your hand and send you to the principal's office and they would paddle you with a paddle. And it is really... Uh-huh. Things have changed. And so when you mentioned having um, patience and and how has your faith played a role in your overall makeup as far as being a teacher? Because it takes a substance of character to be able to to be there on the good days and the bad days when you're asking for things and when parents don't understand certain Uh things, why your child is coming home with all his homework and different things. 
Yeah. It takes something. It takes more than than just yes. walking into the classroom and saying, I have my lesson plan ready. So talk about yes. your belief and your faith a little bit about um, how it keeps you going. Absolutely. I mean, listen, like the rappers award show, shout out to God who was the head of my life <laughs> because it's real. Like I think just starting off my day there, like starting off talking to God, I talked to God in the car. I talked to God in the lunchroom. I talked to God in the lunch line <laughs> in my classroom. Like it's just a constant line of communication that is open. Mm. Um, I think also, I really believe that this is what my purpose I believe that I'm meant to work with children. I believe that I have a certain character that kids tend to like. Kids gravitate towards Mm me. I feel like I've built really good relationships. And it is due to that idea of God equipped me with that skill, with that spiritual gift, you know, that we will say. So knowing that, understanding that this is the gift God has given me, I'm constantly in a place of gratitude, honor. And I think with that humility, and one thing is that I have, uh, been complimented on in my work is my ability to remain humble and to, you know, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm amazing. <laughs> but <laughs> it's real. Like, you have, <laughs> you have to have that kind of moniker of, um, uh, moniker of humility to be able to go back and say, you know, God, I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. There's a parent that I, I can't handle. There's a student that I truly can't handle. Yeah. Um, I pray for my students before a new school year. I touch the desk. I pray over the classroom. I pray about the kids that are coming in the classroom. I pray for their parents and their siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe that that's the change because it's wow. really nothing of my own strength. Because if it was just me, what would you say the back end? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because, you, you know, not only about having a faith, you know, a belief in something greater than yourself, but just self-preservation. I mean, I know that you don't just... 24 seven, seven days a week. Like you said, you, you, you believe in God and you're praying for children and you're praying for their families in different situations that go on. But what are some things that you do outside of the faith thing that you just preserve yourself? You just take care of yourself because it's so important to come into that class filled up because you're going to give out a lot and those students are going to pull on you. The staff is going to pull on you. The, the administration is going to pull on you. Uh, circumstances is going on. If something's not working out right, um, you know, you got fire drills, you got a whole bunch of stuff in the pandemic <laughs> that we're kind of slowly coming out of. So how do you refill yourself up as far as a self-preservation to keep yourself going so that you can pour out into your students? I got a camera. You got an inside man in here because you know a lot of that information. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little inside person, okay? I feel like... It's like we see the beautiful nails. Out. We always see the beautiful nails and everything. It's like, you know, <laughs> time in so the salons. Right. <laughs> We're starting there. Let's, let's start with self-care. We got the nails, the hair, the lash. <laughs> I definitely make sure to honor what I do for self-care. It's mm. a priority and it gets a place. So like mm. one thing, I can come in here looking like it's going to be done every time. <laughs> and <laughs> It's a small way that I honor my time. And I, I go to get my nails like every two weeks. Like I go there, I sit. And it takes a lot of my time, mm. hours. I could, be, I could be graded. I could be doing lesson plans. But I also need to remember that I'm a person outside of being a teacher. Wow. And so wow. just practicing, you know, that's care that even if it's, I have teachers who tell themselves for at least an hour every day, they don't talk about school. 
Mm. And it may seem easy, but so I think just really unplugging and giving yourself a sacred time and space to honor whatever it is that you that you need to honor. Yeah. Create the hard boundary. You know what I mean? Like create that boundary and do not waver on it. And you'll see how you begin to honor yourself in that. Wow. You know, what's the best advice you've been given, Miss Williams, over the years as a school teacher? Um, I'll never forget my first year of teaching. Um, I was in Houston because I started off my teaching career in Texas. <laughs> and I had an instructional coach. So, you know, they come in, they give you feedback. I love her. Shout out to you, Jamie Horton. <laughs> so she was one of the greatest teachers that I've ever worked with. And I remember one time she was telling me like, hey, you need to do this and you need to differentiate and you need to da 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 And I just stopped her and I said, Jamie, I, I don't have time to do all that. Mm. Um, and she very plainly said, you don't have time to do your job. Wow. Wow. You don't have time to do your job. Mm. (laughs) I said, wow. And she said, Stephanie, everything that happens in that classroom is a direct result of your actions. So whatever is happening in your classroom, whatever you want to happen, Mm -hmm. don't want to happen, want to continue, want to stop. Mm-hmm. You are the agent of change in that classroom. It is wow. you. You are the beginning and the end of what is the flow. And with that understanding, mm-hmm. that has made all the difference on wow. how I approach building my classroom community. Wow. Building your classroom community as a whole, which is important. Because it's your job. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. You got time to do your job. That's, that, that's the point. And if you don't, then that is what you need to do because when you want your classroom to be a certain way, Mm -hmm. it's your actions that will facilitate what happens. Wow. What's the worst advice that you've been given as a teacher? (laughs) The worst (laughs) advice I've been given is you're too loud. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Because you know, it's hard to get the children's attention because their attention is on so many things. They're not thinking about the math, the science, the reading, the English in that classroom at the time. Their mind kind of wanders off. They're thinking about what they have to do. They got their phone in their pocket, buzzers going off, you know, it's vibrating in their pocket. They're like, uh oh, I got to do this or call this person, you know. So there's so much going on. So sometimes you have to kind of raise your voice to be able to get the attention of the students. So I get that. I get that. So let me ask you another question about um, if you were not afraid of, of making a mistake, uh, what would you do, Miss Williams? As it, what would you do if you just wasn't afraid, if you knew that you were going to succeed at it? What would you do? Like, you know, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I like I would be an actress 1000 <laughs> percent. An elementary in the house. OK. <laughs> that is good. That is good. That is good. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, good. I would want that. Hmm. Wow, that's good. But I've always, yeah, I think I've mm. always had that just fear of like, won't happen or like, you know, just putting yourself out there, auditions, things like that. Like, I do feel like I have a fear of like flopping or like not being good at it. And so it would be act. <laughs> okay, okay. Being, being, being an actress, just like the Abbott Elementary on, the, on that program, you would be a perfect fit for that show because you are our Chicago's own <laughs> Abbott Elementary teacher. And uh, so it was really, really awesome. You know, how can we inspire more people to go into this industry? Because I know there's a shortage of, you know, African-American men 
in, as teachers in a lot of schools uh, across the nation. And, you know, people, a lot of people have left the industry, you know, of teaching. So how can we inspire people to just, this is a great industry to go in because it's really important and our children need quality teachers. Okay. I said, how can we inspire more people to go into this industry? Because, you know, there's a shortage of, of men in this industry, especially African-American men. So how can we encourage people to go into this industry so that more people will be excited about teaching children um, once again? thing for me is there's so many things to do in a school building. So even if teaching made me feel daunting for you, you know what I'm saying? I can understand how like lesson plans and things like that could feel outside of your wheelhouse. Mm. We need counselors. We need culture people. We need um, paraprofessionals. We need pushy mm. and support. Like there's so many places where I just want black and brown kids to see, especially men, like Okay. Black male teachers make such a difference mm. between me saying it and a black mm. male saying it. It's such it makes a difference. Any sort of affinity for children. Mm-hmm. If you have any sort of relationship building uh, ability, get into the school building. It doesn't okay. have to be teaching a culture team member. Exactly. Mm. We had a culture team member who next year she'll have her own science classroom. Wow. And it was like, you know, she got in that door and saw, wait a minute, I'm actually good at this. Like, this is something that I could do. So wow. anything, if you feel like that inkling towards children and the work and you don't know how to, like, break into it just yet, okay. get into a school, get in front of those kids and see, see what happens. Mm, see what happens. And that's what time it is. That's what time it is, because we have to really know how to reach these children nowadays with the technology that we have. There's so much going on in our world and in our time. And so we need good teachers. We need teachers. We laugh at the show, Abbott Elementary, but the fact of the matter is there are teachers out there that are very passionate, that really want to make a difference in the lives of students everywhere. Um, and so despite whatever odds that me that child may be going through, um, there are some teachers out there that are really, really wanting to make a difference in the lives of the not only the brown, the black, the white, the children everywhere um, around the world. And so we applaud and salute those teachers that are really making a difference and that are determined to be able to help those students succeed in life. You know, friends, we're just about out of time right now. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, we want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net and listen, get some information. Um, We're going to have Miss Stephanie Williams's information on there as well um, and her picture with information about her so that you can be able to look her up as well. She's doing an awesome, phenomenal job. She works with youth. She speaks as well. And uh, we're really excited how she's using her gift to be able to impact the world. So friends, thank you for listening today. Stephanie, Miss Williams, as the students call you, thank you so much for shining, for using your gift to impact the world because it makes a difference. We need more teachers like you to be able to put a smile on our face, a little pep in our step, because this is the reason why a lot of people are successful today for teachers like you that took the time out to instruct them and to make a difference and to care. So thank you for being my special guest today. Friends, thank you for listening. Just remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts the way that Stephanie is to impact the world. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. 
We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.